We open on a middle-aged woman asleep in an armchair in the middle of the night. It's stuck on static, lighting the room with a thin, white glow. It clicks on and off, over and over, and finally resettles on yesterday's news. The woman wakes up with a small fright as she hears her son calling out, Mom! from his bedroom. She groggily sits up to go check on him when a small hand catches her by the wrist. She looks over to see that her son had been next to her all along, and with a frightened look, he says, You heard that, right? And we close out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Good Neighbors, an actual play podcast of Monster of the Week by the spectacular Mike Sands. I'm your host and keeper, Lee. Hi, everybody. After uh, our little Q&A and little uh, beach episode here, we're ready to get back into the regular game here. Does anyone have anything they want to plug or talk about before we want to get into the game? I just want to say, real simple, I just know I said in the Q&A, I said, uh, I don't get spooked, and I want to take that back real quick. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Matt. <laughs> uh, and like you to- took that personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I want to plug Ending Pending. It's a really good podcast. Y'all should listen to it. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you so much, Matt. Uh, I want to plug uh, Aspiring Adventures. It's a really great uh, actual play Twitch live stream that y'all should check out. I want to plug Bristol Podworks. Uh, go give our producer some money. <laughs> uh, and I want to plug my wife. She's great. I'm kidding. I mean, she is great, but like, I'm not, the wife part isn't true, but it's very good. Uh, anyways, <laughs> let us hop into it. I'd like to file a sexual harassment complaint <laughs> form with HR for the podcast. Who's <laughs> HR? Is, isn't that me? <laughs> I'd like to plug Masturbators whenever it comes back from its brief hiatus as Soren has moved to Scotland. What a wondrous magical land that doesn't have America in it. <laughs> if only we could all be so lucky. I'm going to be visiting Honeymoon. It's Ooh. lovely out here, except for all the stabbings. I, I can't wait to ride Nessie. <laughs> Nessie can't wait to ride you. Wonk. All right. Before. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Five minutes of plugging. <laughs> You had such a strong, chilling intro. Like, let's offset it completely. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. We can just put that at the end of the episode. (laughs) Everyone, let's go around the room. What is a nightmare that haunted you as a child? This nightmare resurfaces tonight. Why does it still shake you to your core? Give me your best shot. Uh, I think... I mean, well, the obvious answer is lobsters, right? But I think I'm going <laughs> to subvert expectations just this once. Thanks. Uh, uh, crawdads. I, I mean, yeah, this time, this time only it's crawdads. No, um, I think Cassius uh, did grow up by a coastal town. So I think he had this nightmare of like he was sitting on the beach and like the waves were slowly lapping up further and further. And like, it's one of those dreams where you like can't move. And it just like the tide kept coming higher and higher. And no matter how long he sat there, like he couldn't move. And the tide just like overtook him and slowly went over his head. Um, 
and why does it shake you to your core to this day when it resurfaces? Um, I mean, I think it's just the feeling of being trapped. I think that's something he's always struggled with. I mean, he's spent his life on the run. I think he's always kind of felt this suffocation when he gets sitting still for too long. And I think the fact that it comes up again when he's starting to resettle somewhere uh, really has him like questioning uh, what choices he's making and whether staying in one place for too long is going to like fuck him. For lack of a better word. This probably actually is a better... I don't want to say lack of a better word. Just... (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think he's just like... Always felt nervous about being trapped. Okay. Who's next? Uh, I think Flint, when he was very, very, very young. Probably uh, too young to get the full explanation. Like maybe four or five saw one of his grandparents die like he was just visiting or they were babysitting him and they died and since then he has had constant nightmares about the way like dead bodies look Mm. and like anytime he's dreaming about one of his friends or something he'll sometimes see them with like the blue lips and the dead skin and that has combined with what happened to him as a uh, college student that has just shooken him to the belief of everybody I love is going to die. Everybody I love is going to die. And it just keeps repeating. Beautiful. I think when Beck was a teenager, like freshman, sophomore year of high school, um, she would get a lot of those dreams where you're in school and you're going to be late for your class and like a lot of stress dreams and stuff like that and started having one over and over where she is like half dressed in the girls locker room and everyone is scowling or jeering at her or haranguing her or yelling at her And then all of a sudden, inexplicably, because it's a dream, her parents are there and they're doing kind of the same thing. And sometimes in the dream, she gets frustrated and she would like push her parents or try to shove past them. And when she would shove anyone or push anyone or really enact physically against anyone, they would respond like they're made of clay. Like they're so tender underneath her touch and would just sort of like twist or deform or like fall over. And then people would just yell at her more and treat her like she's even more dangerous and other. Uh, and then it would the dream would end when she's like finally able to kind of bust out of the doors of the school. So definitely a lot of internalized homophobia, but then also just being afraid of your own strength and the potentiality that you could hurt people that you care about and I think that that the latter part of it more so hits even harder now because she's only gotten more powerful now to a you know fantastical extreme alrighty I think for June uh, it's 
Dole, uh, Gold Ducat from uh, Deep Space Nine. Uh, Interesting. I think I think June watched uh, Chain of Command, the uh, the Next Generation episodes at like an impressionable age, and just this idea of like not knowing what's real and like being broken down really like to to nothing and like losing your sense of self is like really horrifying and the Cardassians kind of uh represent that in uh in almost like a spiritual way for June. Like that's kind of what uh the conversion therapy camp felt like that June was sent to and, and broke out of. And so, like, having that kind of invade a space that they loved, like Star Trek, like, really hit home. Since I love the, it. Since the Q&A revealed that June is secretly a closet Trekkie. Mm. We can't yes. risk being uncool. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. When you each wake up, Cassius, as the tide rises over you, Beck, as you burst through... Your schoolroom doors flint as you, uh, as the casket opens on your, uh, your grandfather's funeral, and you see that unholy skin. Uh, June, as the Cardassians invade? <laughs> That's, I guess. I, hmm. As Golducott monologues. <laughs> as Golducott monologues. I, I want you to get sued by Paramount. <laughs> I mean, I want it to be like the old shitty Ducat where he has like bad facial hair and they haven't figured out the makeup yet. <laughs> uh, anyways, whatever Cardassian really anything. It's there's been a while since I watched DS9. Like, there's a thing with a light and Picard is stripped naked and it's very emotional and. Yes, yes. Say that the light's not on. It's a whole thing. It's really good. You should watch those episodes. It's been so long since I watched TS9. This is next gen. Oh, sorry. Might be. Anyways, uh, as you awake from these nightmares, uh, it's 4 or 5 a.m. The uh, the lights in everyone's houses, if you have them, uh, are, are dim. They're not out. It's just low light. And it's hard to tell how far you are from the walls in the room or what's immediately beneath you is maybe the easiest grounding source, but you, you feel like you're so distant from everything initially as you come to consciousness. There's not a lot of sound. It's just kind of dull hums everywhere, like like fridges and uh, uh, like, like, you know, generators, things like that, that have this kind of faint hum in the background that is all you can be like, recognize I'm in the real world right now, I'm awake. Aside from that, it's really dark. Even outside, if you look at the windows, not much light to it. And as you, if you put your hand between yourself and the window just to get like this tiny grasp of, of, of self here, it, it's faint, loose. Can't be quite sure what's going on. You hear what sounds like the streak of a firework. <laughs> outside but no boom no final just that shriek that the fireworks do on their way around other than that nothing 
What do you do? Beck assumes that she's still in the dream and is just trying to wake up. Wake up! And wake up! You knock <sighs> over some toys uh, or some fig- action figures on your... Figurines. Uh, n- figurines, mm-hmm. my bad. On your nightstand and the... Um, the resounding clatter and, and crash uh, stirs you a little bit as this very sudden, very real noise happens. Real cause and effect. Ah, oh, god damn it. Who else? I'm gonna go try and find Dana. I feel like I need to talk to someone right now. This is... Uh, Dana... It, I mean, you, you, I mean, do you like turn on lights? Do you just like try to hobble out the door? It, it's, I think, he, I think he's just gonna go. Like, I don't think he's gonna bother with the lights. I think he's just gonna kind of. I'll find lights along the way. <laughs> you, uh, you stumble towards uh, your uh, housemate's uh, uh, room, presumably, uh, from the couch, and it feels like it takes like way too long to get there. Like you're moving weirdly slowly and, and groggily. Uh, until you, you finally arrive at her door, and do you not? Yeah. No answer at first, because she's presumably asleep. She answers the door, surprisingly. She looks a little rattled. Uh, her There are some bags under her eyes. Uh, the light isn't on in her room either, but it looks like she's got like her phone on her to get a little bit of glow. Uh, and she's wearing like a like a robe over herself. Hey, hi, you, you okay? Um, yeah, I think so. But I just, I just, uh, I had a. You ever get dreams about like what happened to you or anything? I just, you know, I, I had this. It's a, it's a funny coincidence, Cassius. <laughs> I just had one. Not so great one. I don't. I don't want to keep you up or anything, but I mean, do you think we could just like stay up for a while and, and like talk or something? Because I don't really feel like going back to sleep. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds nice. Um, and she she uh, kind of quickly hurries out and she starts turning on all of the lights in the house, and it doesn't look anything stopping them. You know, there's still power in the house, but she's got lamps on, lights on, TVs turned on, and you can can tell that she's, you know, frazzled. Oof. You said it's like four or five in the morning? Mm-hmm. Uh, Flint lies wide awake until it hits about 5.30, like just eyes wide open, staring at the ceiling, completely unmoving. And then at 5.30, he gets up, gets on his motorbike, and just goes to the gym that he uh, uses to, like, shower and stuff. He just needs to go somewhere where there's going to be people. It's a 24-hour gym. People are definitely awake. uh, And, uh, you know, it's already kind of alive. Surprisingly, more than a few people are already there, maybe more than usual. And they all kind of look, I mean, they all sound quiet. Like, they just kind of came here for something to do. That's literally what Flint's doing. He, he immediately, like, gets on... 
any sort of machine that's not like one or two reps and then you stop something probably cardio based where you can just keep doing the same motion for an hour or two and just zone for sure and Jean I think June will uh, get up and uh, get back to work on their new casting focuses that they've been working with back on uh, since the beach party and um, sure. as they're working away uh, they're going to keep looking over to their stack of comics and um, kind of give up on the casting focus and pick up Sandman and start reading it uh, Mr. Darcy your cat hops into your lap and as you kind of instinctively reach down to pet them you notice that you already see them as they are. That normally you have to do something that would allow you to look into the weird to be able to see Mr. Darcy. And right now, as you look down, cat bones, green flame, the specter of a cat sitting on your lap, not hidden by anything. Um, I'm going to give him a pet because he's a good boy and he deserves it. But uh, I am a little spooked. Uh, I think June is maybe assuming that this could be uh, a new side effect of their monstrous playbook. Fair enough. Not an unreasonable thing to think. But June also knows that spikes in adrenaline can cause it. So maybe they're more freaked out than they realized about the dream. For sure. I uh I know I went already, but I think I think as Cassius like wakes up and kind of like realizes that Dana coincidentally had a similar dream that like kind of Cassius's experience over the past few weeks has if it's taught him nothing else has taught him that coincidences don't happen to him and that like when there's a pattern of something it usually means something so I think he's gonna think about calling Flint or he's gonna I think he's gonna think about calling June but I think he's gonna be like June is still recovering I think he's gonna think about calling Flint but I think he's gonna be like payphone's probably not close enough to wake him up so I think he's gonna be like back back makes the most sense to text to just be like hey you up yeah, like, by any chance, are you awake? And if so, is that because of dream? If not, I may be a more powerful psychic than I realize. Because <laughs> I think, because, yeah, he, he thinks it's either like I projected this onto her, onto Dana, or maybe it's something wider. I think uh, additionally, because she probably talks about it at some point while you two are sitting there, but her nightmare is of being trapped in a well uh, where you yeah, found her uh, with the water rising. Like your your two dreams are very, very similar in concept. Yeah. She can't move. She's stuck by stone as water rises from the rain and she drowns. No one ever knowing where she went. That's terrifying. I hate it. But I think he's going to try to check with other people and see if... <laughs> they might know how to help. For sure. Jack, do you respond? 
Yeah, I think Vec uh, does not feel capable of going back to sleep. Uh, and texts back, Oh, fuck. Here we go again. Yup. Bad nightmare. Did you check with anybody else? <laughs> uh, do I, I get that, I imagine? Yep. Yeah, yeah, nothing's interfering with it currently. Okay. Um, mm. Currently. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's just gonna be like, no, you were my first call. Um, I think he's gonna send it as like a voice memo, because he, he's like an old person who doesn't like to type. His fingers are too fat, so he, he sends one of those like, uh, yeah, but... Uh, no, you, I didn't tell anyone else. Um, God, how do you fucking work? Dana, can you help? Um, but uh, I don't know. Do you want, so do you want to message June? I don't know how to get in touch with Flint other than just go into that place. I think that uh, Beck would propose that they all try to meet up at Chalamet's. Because that just seems to be the usual headquarters. Alright. Like, I, you know, if you ask me, I said we do a nice jaunty star wipe over to Chalamet's mansion. We don't fuck around with any of this uh, pager stuff. Payphone nonsense. We, yeah, we do we every time. Get, can we get, like, flip phone, like, uh, burners. Round, round talk burners or whatever? Like, everybody gets a Motorola Razor. Sponsor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll get $12. <laughs> fucking envy um yeah uh yeah so i think he's gonna yeah i'll be like okay well, i'll meet you at chalamet's i think he's gonna like, talk to dana a little bit about it because he did promise that if anything was endangering her he'd tell her and this seems to be affecting her so i think he's just gonna be like hey look uh it's a bit strange that uh we both had this and one of my friends had this nightmare as well. So, oh, well, not this nightmare, but a, a similar night. I don't know what nightmare they had. I can't speak for them. But, um, because of course, to, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how to say it other than the fact that, like, you know, you know, I have certain psychic proclivities. Uh, so she pinches just, her nose. Yeah. I'm, keep going. I can't, I can't control it. Uh, and it might be affecting you, so I might have to leave for the next few days and see if we can fix this. Um, I, I really don't know how to tell you that I'm not bullshitting you right now other than to tell you that I'm not bullshitting you right now. Um, and if you want to talk about it, let me know, but we uh, this could be endangering people, so we gotta, you know. She, she scratches the back of her neck and says, are you gonna leave, like, right now? No, no, no. Uh, they all think my car is pretty shit, so if I just tell them that it broke down, I think they'll probably figure that made sense. I'll stay here for a little bit longer. Let's make some coffee. Yeah, that seems good. Uh, and you do so. And uh, how do you guys get into contact with Flint and June again? I feel like we, we would obviously pager June, but yeah, I feel like I would assume I'm going to drop by his storage shed on my way to Chalamet's. Mm -hmm. You see that his motorbike is gone. Yeah. I'll text that yeah. to Beck and see if they might know where he's at. I think Beck knows about the Y. Uh, or unnamed Jim. Y'all have probably worked out together at least once there. That's y'all. Yeah. Like. And uh, I think 
Beck will arrange a meetup with June uh, between her phone and their pager in a manner that I refuse to narrate <laughs> in any capacity. <laughs> yeah, June June gets a Chalamet's now, like, <laughs> on their pager. Uh, for sure. For the two of you who have been uh, uh, waiting a bit, I think something that kind of pings on your radar uh, is that the sky is a little funky. Uh, you've had like enough time to kind of glare out your windows, and as as the sun rises, and normally it rises over the sea as a uh, you know, from the faint purples to to reddish to orange to yellow, and on so on and so forth. Uh, and it didn't. It was. It cut like straight to orange. It was just sort of this orange blur in the sky, really bright, and then it just sort of stayed that way until it became blue once again. No real transition there. Cool. That was June who noticed that. June and Flint. It seems reasonable that you two, because you weren't talking to anybody, you had yeah. plenty of time to like. Ponder the universe. Um, I think even before June gets the pager message, when they notice that, they are gearing up. They're putting on their jacket. Uh, they've crafted a like leather harness that goes on over their coat and uh, holds a baseball back directly behind their head. Fuck yeah. Uh, I think once they've geared up, they notice their pager goes off and they're like, okay, yeah, they're headed out. For sure. Excellent. And Flint, how do you react? If at all. Uh, I think Flint just is standing there staring at the sky like a fucking turkey right now. Like, he didn't get as much sleep as he usually does. He's not as sharp as he would normally be, and he's got other things on his mind right now. For sure. Uh, I think you can tell eventually that other people are doing the same thing. And they have looked at you to see if you've noticed it, and they've noticed that each other has noticed it. And everyone's on edge. And then eventually, Beck arrives on the bus, I think? Or rollerblades. Okay, sure. Or both, you know. Why not? Yeah, that's fine. Hey, kid. Hey. Everybody's awake pretty early. Yeah, and everybody's feeling jumpy, which isn't great. Yeah, bad dreams. Yeah. All right, I I, I have I have one other question. Yeah. Did did, did you hear a whistling sound? Mm-mm. No. Huh. All I know is that the, the Bureau guys are gonna flip their fucking lids if somebody accidentally sees a monster, because now everybody's got, like, fucking fear goggles on. Uh-oh. Alright. An extremely reasonable concern. I had not thought of that. We should probably get everybody else. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conditions that would leave one to not be believed by the average citizen, such as nightmares, sleep deprivation, and things like that, also cause people to see monsters. So, prime time, baby. Luckily for the gang, the day is April 19th, and tomorrow... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. We could get everyone real comfortable. Bake sale. All right. <laughs> Fantastic. Just kidding. It's uh, early, early winter. Damn it. The April of the winter. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Uh, I All assume right. everyone kind of gathers together on uh, Chalamet's place uh, where he is uh, waiting on a balcony, staring at the sky, pipe in hand. Classic in his house coat in classic rich guy fashion. You too, huh? Yeah. How's how's Rashida? Was hers especially rough? I would have thought so, right? Just because obviously. But she seems to be okay. I'm not sure. That's worse somehow. I guess. It's worse now, because it feels now like she's connected. Maybe. I, I do think on some level, her condition wards her to some degree, but it, on specific things. Mm. Ooh, ooh, what about Ugly downstairs? Did he have a uh, nightmare? I, if he did, I'm certain that Rashida would have reacted differently. Fair. Mm. Uh, I think with that, June stumbles in with a thing of five coffees and five breakfast sandwiches and For sure. sets it down. Uh, noticeably, when you uh, were at wherever you get coffee, everyone looked fucking awful uh, because, yeah. I, I tipped uh, very big. <laughs> they appreciated it, but couldn't show it on their faces. Yeah, no, I understand. You, you know, you know. But anyways... Uh, you are a saint, kid. <sighs> I'm still uh, shy on the one uh, one final miracle, but I'm on my way there. <laughs> I have a suspicion of what I think is doing this, if you care to hear it. But I could be wrong. Uh, is, is Cassius here yet? I assume everyone's here. Okay. I would have Gert just as a side note in case that was in question. Yeah, I don't think that you know re- re- creates any questions. I think, yeah, that seems reasonable at this point. Do you have her in like a papoose, or do you just kind of carry her? I think, I in think hand? she's just like tucked, like in his, like as if he's in like she's in like the inside pocket of his blazer, but okay. she's just kind of like held there by the button. He hasn't invested in a. Papoose I can never yet. remember how big Gert is. Yeah, I always picture Gert as really small, and then sometimes someone will say something, and I picture that Gert is like American Girl die- doll that, size that, instead that's of That's what smaller. I imagine. That's yeah. that's how I've always imagined. I don't think her. she's like in the pocket. I think he's just like buttoned the coat around her so that <laughs> she. <laughs> oh, perfect. She's just like hanging out. But she's very big then. I think I guess so. Yeah. so. I think yeah. I maybe have a violin case that I carry her around in. <laughs> She's like the whip in Castlevania. She's as big as she needs to be for the scene. Yes. <laughs> or as oh, small I really as like she that. needs to be for the scene. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, the one ring. But yeah, Very good. Uh, Doctor, let's uh, let's hear your theory. We can we can compare theories. Well, it uh, comes with more bad news. Come on. Uh, and uh, he leads you inside. He was on the balcony talking down to you on the porch, I assume. Uh, so he directs you inside where he meets you in the living room and flicks on the TV and flicks to a specific channel. And is there a David Attenborough is, special about it on right now? Uh, I clicks to a news report with Carla Matsigo. It looks like Post Comet has appeared over the quaint seaside town of Constance, Louisiana. Named for the famous horror poet, this comet has a disquieting history of appearing during strange times. One of its most famous appearances was back during the 1500s when what doctors call today a mass psychogenic illness, causing people to dance in the streets until they collapsed from exhaustion, injury, and death. We'll have more to you next, Sean, at... Clicks the TV off. So not great. I don't know about y'all, but I I can't karate chop a comet. So I saw, I saw a great, Bruce yeah. Willis movie about this. I think all we need are some like oil tycoons or something. I think I don't they were explosive esque experts, maybe. I think they drilled, right? Yeah, something like that, and then they blew it up. I don't Do you think we could do that? We got the bureau. How they could probably how long get in touch with Bruce Willis. And Jalen Hall. Yeah, priorities straight. <laughs> How long is the comet supposed to be overhead? Uh, it typically lasts a couple days. Yeah. Less than ideal. And because the last time it was around was, I assume, during darker times, no one has a good record of how to fight it. Fight it, you know what I mean. I mean... Dissuage its effects. Yeah. Poison the water supply? What? That can't be the answer. What? How's that gonna help? So, just, just to get everybody a little like amp or something. Here, here's here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know. We we could use my original theory of what it was to combat what it actually is. Go on. So originally when I had woken up I had heard some kind of like a whistling noise. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, so my first thought was actually back to, uh, it, it made me think, oh, something's trying to affect my mind because when uh, the government was uh, sending microwaves to our brains to uh, brainwash us, the first show that actually did it was the Andy Griffith show, you know, the one with the whistling opening. And I thought it was that all over again. No, I'm So young. maybe we could, what? No, I'm young. I don't <laughs> I'm with you, bud. I know exactly what you're talking about, but please don't I ask me any further exactly detail. Exactly. <laughs> that this was the that was the first show that they used to uh, the government used to send microwaves to brainwash us. So maybe what we could do is, you know, everybody's watching the news right now for the strange color of the sky and stuff, trying to figure out what it is. We could we could figure out some counter brainwashing to reverse whatever the ca- uh, comet's doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> so on the table we have <laughs> drug the city and brainwash the city. I we're kind of sounding like TV villains at this point. Tiny bit. What if we uh, threw a parade? And we that's all I got. So we threw money into the air. All I got <laughs> is parade. Say, 
last time, like, everyone danced themselves to death, so maybe we should avoid getting people to dance, because that seems like it has a bad history with this comment. People like parades. They It'll do just like make parades. everyone happy. What's a good way to so, get everyone to just stay inside so they don't see monsters or dance? Well, uh, I mean, the new season like, of The Witcher. Can we get Netflix to release it early? Wait, what year is it? Who's to say? Uh, Anyways. I mean, Beck, I mean, this is like a big old, like, you know, magical effect on basically the whole city, right? Like, does, does your Legrand's thing have anything that might be able to defend against that kind of, like, attack? It's definitely worth looking into. It I is like all Chuck. about wards and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Chuck's got a big sword. So he can maybe, I mean, you said you couldn't chop it, but maybe, maybe Chuck knows. What time is it? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it's like 8 a.m. <sighs> How's Chuck doing? <laughs> Good. Yeah. You know, we all had our, our recoup time. Glad we got precisely one week before everything went back to hell. I mean, yep. do you think do you think he'd be open to us consulting that book again, or was that like a one time deal kind of? I think he'd be kind of remiss in his duties if he like didn't let us look at it, or if he didn't look at it for us. Mm-hmm. But I honestly think I should be getting uh, gloves and fancy book privileges at this point. Gloves to like look at the book. It's real old. Uh, You have a really old magical fancy book and this is the first I'm hearing of it? Well, you were kind of busy being in the Slenderman dimension. I mean... The Slendermension. Fair. I'm just saying uh, that that seems pretty (laughs) cool. Doesn't everyone have a a cool magical book? (laughs) Ha ha. You you have exactly like the oeuvre that would tell me you do have old magic books. (laughs) He looks at his massive library of books (laughs) that stock all the walls. You'd think I would at this point. (laughs) Found it. (laughs) Roll a large number so one of these does something. (laughs) (sighs) I mean, I got one too, but I'm pretty sure it's evil, so. Oh, great. Yeah. I I haven't read it. Good. That seems wise. Why do you think yeah. it's evil? Uh, d- it's got a spooky uh, name or some shit. Uh, Covered in blood. Is it made of human skin? James gave it or to any me. Or any skin? Oh, it's that one. Yeah. Yeah. So probably. Well, I mean, if I was going to trust anyone with an evil artifact, it'd be you. Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate that. That's so flattering. <laughs> anyway. Right. The evil in the sky. Ideas about this little evil Haley's comment. I'll talk to Grandmaster Hayes. I just get the feeling that our hands are about to get dirty on this one. Because this isn't just like finding your biggest weapon or whatever and like taking something to, to town. This is trying to protect the existence of of monsters from people. Barton called this kind of thing a phenomenon, not a monster. Do-do-do-do-do. I think... Do-do-do-do-do. Mechanical terms. Cassius. 
could you convince people that this whole comet is some sort of guerrilla marketing thing for, I don't know, a music festival or something? Could you do like a fryer fraud? Um, I don't know what a fryer fraud. Oh, I think. Wait, hold on. Uh, I think I might know what you're talking about. Could you get a Ja Rule in on this? <laughs> yeah, I get the reference now. Uh, <laughs> Took a uh-oh. minute. <laughs> um, I could. I mean, I could see if I could do some rounds on the talk shows. Maybe spin it, spin this in a different direction. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just like just. Tell like everyone it's up. a prank or or a uh, a a viral I mean, keep, stunt. Keep getting the, nightmares though. The Burger aren't King's they? Like, nightmare burger. <laughs> yeah, are they gonna like? <laughs> how's that gonna it's help a, with the nightmare shit? I feel like I'm on. forgetting I that like, the, there's a curse on this comic that's just I, gonna fuck people up. Your your character Cassius is a proprietor of a new haunted house that's opening up. And we'll just convince everyone that the monsters they're seeing are actors kind of swinging sandwich boards for your haunted house. Can I just, are are monsters really that prevalent that like, it's a big, like if people are nervous that they'll just like see, how fucking many monsters are there? Well, there's at least two in town. I have a ghost cat in my house. Flint, you had something to say? I don't think I have anything. Well, maybe you or Cassius could, like, um, make contact with the Bureau to see what their sort of game plan or their thoughts are. Yeah, I'll, uh... I can could, I could put Fila's out. I've got my contacts in the Bureau. Cassius, you talk to your contacts. I'll, uh... I'll bug Cole. Um, and Beck, you and I can go visit Chuck and check out that book. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Cool. Boy. And, and I will, um, take a look around the city, I guess. Uh, she's some of my hands, I guess. Chalamet, are you going to finish that pork roll sandwich? Oh, no, sorry. Oh, cool. cool, cool. Taylor Ham. Flint, I will fight you right now. You will not do this on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This inane pedantry does not belong on the podcast. We survived James turning us against each other only to have this (laughs) minor nomenclature argument be the root of our (laughs) destruction. Very good. Just eat a bacon, egg, and cheese and fucking deal with it. I don't know. All right. Okay. Not here. We'll see if the Bureau News knows anything and then what uh, you, you guys are, um, are doing what? We'll, we'll check leaving? with Grandmaster Hayes and see if uh. he knows anything and if the book offers any insight. For sure. But yeah, this is like more of a secrecy I mean, containment type thing. Which means that we're all going to have to be smart and coordinated. So, you know, bad odds. Uh, Appreciate the the faith. I ain't get enough sleep. I'm I'm grumpy. I'm unleashed. 
I'm on leash, Chalamet. Can you leash a little further away? Uh, Chalamet, do you think like you could? Do you have anything in this library that would give us more information on this comet? I don't. If they've had at least Possible. two, like recorded viewings, could you do that like thing they do on sh like a TV show where they do a montage and then they like figure out how long its elliptical orbit is and then based on that correlate it with like historically uh trying time like do you, could you uh, cross-reference like, are you just casually things? asking the man to be an astronomer <laughs> it just it seems like something I you can, probably I can, can do i, can I don't try. know it seems like your vibe didn't didn't Shane and Ryan on Puppet History talk about this thing? Can you check in with uh, the YouTube stars and the professor? Yeah, can we get some not <laughs> preserving the timeless? Eddie <laughs> 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 has repeatedly flagrantly ignored what year it is, which is to say, not any. I know uh, I have very to. Good. Just a bunch of pop cultured adult idiots. <laughs> Look, Anyways. I gotta, I gotta balance out Flint being like, "Oh yeah, I grew up watching Andy Griffith," implying that Flint is like eighty years old. Well, <laughs> so I gotta balance that out. All right, but, all right. But yeah, can you get Shane and Ryan on the phone? See if they know anything about this comet. I will pretend to know what that means and give it a try. Cool, 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 cool. I love that little blue guy. <laughs> Alright, who leaves first? <laughs> Flint. I've, yeah. I don't you, feel like I would have any idea what this conversation was about, so I feel like... I mean, Soren does. I'm a big fan. Just in case yeah, you're listening to Shane or Ryan, but... <laughs> big fans. Matt also grew up watching Andy Griffith and has no idea what you two are talking about. <laughs> okay. Okay.